I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Standing up and speaking out, here's Hal Sparks. You know that's true, and especially during the holiday season. I mean, uh, the, the great thing is, is that while other people are taking a break... Not I. Oh, no. We soldier forward, Johnny Million and I, in spite of ourselves. I don't know how we do it. I I have some idea. I'm just not willing to mention it on air because of, uh, you know, (laughs) we'll get shadow banned or something. I don't know. Anyways. Yes, exactly. Although uh, we have proof that it is cold in the Chicagoland area currently because Johnny's noggin is covered in the house. Yep. Yeah, we've got yeah, we, and our furnace works, but it's just, yeah, there's cold it's, pockets. Oh yeah, the, especially let me guess in the office where you have to work. Uh, um, yep, yep, yeah, it's pretty much yeah. As uh, I, I, I'm feeling those kind of like holiday things where you start recognizing like, oh, that's why my dad acted this way, <laughs> like because the shed is freezing. And and the kitchen is warm and the living room is warm and so the kids and everybody else are happy. But if you have to go fix something. You're going to the cold part of the house. You're going to the cold part of the property. It's yep. the, you know, like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> it's the holiday grumps that people can get or whatever. And I and I hope everybody is managing as best they can during the holiday season. I, you know, summer, my girlfriend and I and you and your lovely wife had, I think, very similar Christmases. What's the plural of Christmases? Christmas eye. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's true. It's like octopi. It's the same uh-huh. thing because Christmas has eight legs. Um, so, um, <laughs> so, and sixteen testicles. I don't know if you knew that, but that's actually oh, you know, yeah. If you do the math, um, just like an octopus. So, um, just for uh, you know, it, I know we've got a lot of news to cover, but just on a personal note, I very seldom unless we get caught in a hair metal pocket of conversation, get to just check in with you and with the viewers and everybody and the listeners checking in, knowing, you know, uh, how was it? Did you get, what was your primary gift? Let them know. So next year, by the way, they can add it to the list. So you all know his Twitter is uh, Johnny Million One. Johnny Million One. Oh, wait, hang on one second. Uh Uh-oh, he's going to go pick something up. This is, I'm very excited. I, I mean... I'm, my my nerves are all afraid anyways with this. I got I got all kinds of chocolate because my wife loves me very much. But then what I kind, also oh, got oh my god! Uh, there's no crying in baseball baseball jersey, like a t t shirt with peaches on the back. Oh. Yep, it's from a uh, from a Rockford store. Uh huh. That's awesome. The Rockford yeah. Beach is right from uh, from a league of their own, and that's just how like macho Johnny Million is. By the way, that's how macho that, I am. That's right. And There's li- you can't challenge his masculinity ever because he just flies off the handle. He can't handle any challenges to it. <laughs> <laughs> and, Unless you know, he's wearing even his Rockford. Tom t-shirt. Hanks eats babies. We're still totally into him. Totally. Absolutely. I mean, uh, and apparently I'm starting to lose faith in adrenochrome because he's aging quite normally. (laughs) Is that another one? I don't know. Oh, yeah, that was. Well, that's what it comes from. That's I don't. Do we catch everybody up on the state of Q? He's eating babies to stay young. Oh, boy. Yeah. I just thought it was for fun. Yeah. What do you think that is for the taste? Ew. (laughs) 
I it, guess it, I should have thought it through. Was ha- well, was Hannibal Lecter ever accused of eating a baby? And he loved the choice cuts. No, it was always sort of aging socialites, largely, right? Yeah. The occasional police officer who got on his trail. But most <laughs> of the time, it was like the flautist in the symphony. And he yeah. made an amuse-bouche out of, out of their liver or something, serving sweetbreads to the folks. You know, very Christmassy. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, yeah, Hannibal Lecter not a big, not big on babies. I, I don't doubt he tried it at some point; it just wasn't his thing, you know. Sure, and you know he hates clowns. That's right. Well, you know, because uh, they taste funny. Do they? I'll have to take <laughs> your word for it. What kind of chocolate? That's the, the other thing I need to know. This is too much. Oh, chat room. Um, needs it's, to know. it's all in the next know. room. But there's, uh, I got some truffles. I got chocolate bars. Truffle. Oh truffles. yeah. Truffles, oh, chocolate wow. truffles with like that little that little dust on them, right? Um, yeah, I'm not a fan. Like heavy, like it. It feels like like eight pounds of chocolate in, yes. in various forms. Well, I'm 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 very proud of you uh, for not consuming it all in one sitting, like it, the cookie. It's monster. been a challenge. <laughs> you have to pace yourself. Yeah. Um, well, as a, as a runner, you have an, at least an excuse. Um, yes, I you know. I run because I like to eat pretty much. Right. Yeah. Um, I made uh, French toast for my girl and her kid on on Yay. Christmas Day from scratch. Thanks very much. No recipe. Just know how to do it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, and uh, and and then made dinner for Summer and I last night. Um, we had a, a vegan field roast, um, and we forgot to get gravy. So mm. I made some out of by half cutting cream of mushroom soup. Oh, okay. Well, I, I'm so glad that you didn't like make yeah. it from your own natural juices. No, 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 not again. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> no. I don't say what you will about my mistakes, but they're uh, you know they're infrequent and you do and, you do learn from them because I remember yeah. your Twitter your Twitter like little description in your profile used to say how Sparks makes his own gravy. That's right. It's true. That's absolutely true. <laughs> Um, and, and for good reason. I mean, I, I, legally. Remember the early days of Twitter when you had to say stuff that was legally true? Anyways, <laughs> enough of this holiday frivolity. Enough of this. Um, I, I did, I did uh, like, I did splurge on the kid this year because he, he's, he could, cause he's at the other families, you know, because we're separated because of COVID. And so yeah. I didn't get to have him here. So I had to kind of go all in. So I got him a, a one-up arcade upright video game. Oh, yeah. You know those? And I got – and he loves the uh, – he loved the movie Rampage when it came out because he liked the, the albino gorilla. Yeah. And, uh-huh. and so I introduced him to the old video game, and we used to play it at, an, at a Dave & Buster's. And there's a one-up arcade of Rampage. And it has. Does he like to be the dinosaur or the gorilla? Uh, the gorilla, because it makes more sense to smash things for whatever reason. Yeah. It's got kind of, yeah. But um, uh, it came with um, Joust, Gauntlet, <gasps> and Defender. Like, oh, which which one's Gauntlet? Gauntlet's where you're for. It's it's one of the few role play, playing early ones. It's almost like D and D, where you can each play a different character. It used to have four oh, yeah, controllers. Yeah, yeah. Remember that? Yeah, this one only has three on there. You can play three at once. But uh, it was – I was like, he'll love the – I'll find – they're not that expensive. I'll find one. Of course, 
they've lost the rights to do Defender, and so they can't uh, make them anymore. So the Rampage machine is sold out and has been uh, for years. And so it was an eBay fight for two and a half months, and I won one. And this dude had to disassemble his in his house and send it to me. And the fact that it arrived is a miracle. It was a Christmas oh, miracle. I just found some screenshots of Gauntlet, and yeah. I remember this. It reminds me of Dig Dug. Yeah, I understand. But it's uh, the idea is that you could play a different character, a wizard, uh, a, yeah, yeah. a barbarian, whatever. That, yeah, so you can play together, which is the important thing with video games. Playing right. together, either two-player or all at once. That's a crucial part of the holiday season these days is playing games. Um, although I have not been able to play games at all on my Twitter mm-hmm. feed or my Twitch feed, rather, or anywhere else, even just in my own time. I'm like, I got, I'm exhausted from streaming and shows and sexy liberal and yeah. filming and thud and honeydew list. Um, and somebody in the chat said Battlezone was their jam. And Battlezone was amazing. Oh, I loved it. Loved it. Vector graphics. This is yep. we're getting through the we're at the first break already and we haven't even discussed the news. It's almost like life is returning to normal. It's yeah, almost like a exactly. Christmas gift. We talk about <laughs> just frivolous things because none of these lawsuits and crazy conspiracy efforts are going to change anything. I love you, Johnny Million, for multiple reasons. But the best being is that you just teased the story. We're going to come back to uh, after the break. Um, that's right. You would think with a with the fine legal minds of the Trump team that there would be some magic there that it would be unable to fight back against the Kraken. But apparently, the, there's a lot of cracks in the Kraken. The Kraken is cracking and falling to pieces. So uh, we'll be back right after this. It's the Housemarque Radio program, Mega Worldwide on WCPD Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk. Now let's get back with Hellsparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. Yeah, let's. Um, you get so, a message from Lady B with her new kittens? I did, and they're adorable. She's Her right. cat, Her for those of you who don't know, our beloved Lady B had, uh, her cat had kittens, brand new little you minis. You almost said she had kittens. Yeah, well. And I'm here I mean, for it. Yes. A, a lot of us, I think, who have cats especially, think of it that way you know it's it's not quite as embarrassing as uh, a man saying we're pregnant uh you know what i mean but it's darn close and um but yeah she's i mean it they were latched like she had yeah, they were. she had her kittens uh you know they they got their mama and they were just lined up in a row um we will uh by the way just in case we're you think we're just going to fritter this whole post christmas show away we will be talking about nashville we will be talking about yeah. a lot of these issues it's uh fear not um we will address those things now I, at, everything about the nashville explosion is theoretical at this point the fbi is is you know tracing the bomb and fragments there's um there's some talk that there were remains found the way they spoke yeah. at the, uh, spoke of them, um, it was not. It does not seem. It seems to be someone who was in the RV, possibly. The way they also spoke of them, me having watched far too much Mindhunter and uh, the Unabomber and all these, uh, you know, series that are on Netflix, my ma- my mind goes straight to maybe it wasn't that they can tell that person wasn't alive when the bomb went off, and this is a way that they extravagantly disposed of a body. 
Um, you know, um, I mean, it's it's one of those ways. If you were in one of these little militias and you were turning on each other, as they often do, there's you know, there's a lot of opportunities for you know, intergroup shenanigans yeah. and figuring out kind of su- the dumbest, super smart way to get rid of your partner in crime and still carry out mission one or whatever. And these days, okay. since since uh, domestic terrorism and especially white nationalist domestic terrorism is our primary uh, source of danger in this country, um, uh, I would not be surprised if it led in that direction. That w- uh, Also, if it doesn't, I wouldn't be surprised either because they know very little. Um, the only evidence they have to go on is the recording of the woman's voice that was speaking on a loudspeaker out from the actual RV um, saying, uh, evacuate the area, a bomb is going to go off. Um, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, so uh, on the reports are, let's just start from scratch. The reports were that at 5.30 a.m. on Christmas morning in Nashville, around 2nd Avenue, the there were reports of, of gunfire, two bouts of it from eyewitnesses and ear witnesses largely, because as soon as they heard them, a lot of people hunkered down and, um, the, you got a hunker. You got, especially when there's gunshots happening that sound like they're within uh, a thousand yards of your house, right? Your apartment. So, uh, about five 30 in the morning, first bout of gunfire, uh, you know, two shots, then five shots, then three shots, then five shots, like short bursts back and forth. Then a pause. People called the police about it. There were some sirens, but nothing in the area because they were spread out in the outlying areas. Um, they weren't necessarily downtown. There's not a lot of stuff going on downtown on 530 in the morning on Christmas Day. There's a lot of stuff happening outside of Nashville, out in the sticks. Oh, yeah. Hi, kitty. Johnny's got his cat uh, visiting. And one black eye. Is that just a trick of the light or is it nope, like she's a got pirate? One weird dark brown eye? That's weird. Uh, well, two. The um, uh, <laughs> so five thirty in the morning, the first shots are heard. Rep- uh, police reports, you know, uh, people calling in about it. Shortly thereafter, another round. Uh, yeah, it was before that. It was four, like yeah, five thirty ish. Um, they arrive. They find this RV. It, there's more shots. The police arrive. Find this RV blasting this signal. They cordon off the street. And start evacuating the building. Six police officers. Um, uh, I posted uh, pictures of them on my Twitter feed. Mm-hmm. Went door to door in all the closest buildings on that on that street, uh, evacuating everyone in those buildings. Now, keep in mind, yes. every single one of those officers had no idea when that bomb was going to go off. Right. And they were there knocking on doors, clearing buildings, having people go out the back of the buildings towards First Street and towards, um, you know, whatever the big main road past Second is. It's not Third, I don't think, down there. Um, <laughs> Boy, I was going to say Third. I was no, so ready. Yeah, I think they named it. I think, you know, it's one of those, you know, Travis Tritt, uh, Trace kind of things. Um, second Tritt. Yeah, right. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, the, these folks went these all these police officers went door to door, clearing people, um, all of them in danger of dying. One of them hit by clearing somebody off the street. 
you can see a version of the ex- uh, a shot of the explosion from inside a security cam inside one of the buildings as this police officer is waving this per- a, a bystander away oh, yeah. the blast the blast goes off and knocks them out of frame takes both of them down they were they both went to the hospital with minor injuries um the police officer was injured slightly worse uh mostly like glass and debris um but three officers so far um with you know or two officers and a bystander with minor injuries um that i know of i mean there's always shift in this and you can never really trust trust the first um information out of a situation like that because there's a lot of chaos that's the whole point of a bombing that's the whole point of a terrorist attack which is exactly what this is let's be abundantly clear this is a terrorist attack the recording beforehand the placing of it downtown it's strategic placing next to a um a telecommunications hub a uh, a switching station for at&t shut down um all kinds of stuff and and that's like as far it's pure as QAnon. all they want to do is shut down all communications right it's it's got a very ted kaczynski feel to it that said could they just be covering up for a big robbery down the street i've watched enough diehards over the years to sure. go it could be that simple you know people react to terrorism naturally now this is maybe how you do it. So that's why, by the way, you reserve judgment on these kind of things and and don't chase every, you know, thing that pops up on Twitter about who it may or may not be or who what may or may not be their reasoning. Um, that, you know, you know, and, and again, a lot of people go, it sounds like a white nationalist group. It sounds like this. Yes, it does. But it could be that simply because. That's the best functional way to distract from another group doing something right now. So that's why you wait. That's why we have a judicial system. It's why we do have, um, while you know, while we have the 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 right to a speedy trial, we don't have the right to a rush to judgment. And it's why we don't have mob justice. It's why we don't uh, chuck cans of soup for your family or or kick in the doors of you know, uh, of state houses while the electors are being counted just because we disagree. Um, it's it's called civilization for a reason. Um, that said, I mean, I can't my, myself. I you know, I'm absolutely g- given to like flights of of whimsy and and fancy in terms of uh, who could have done it. Why did they do it? What's the reasoning? Mm-hmm. And nothing wrong with that. The speculation part of it is is fine. Just don't latch on to any of those things because you could because everyone could be absolutely wrong. And I think, you know, the Richard Jewell case they've got on Netflix right now, they have the Richard Jewell and the Unabomber ones running kind of concurrently, the Manhunt stories. And you do see two different versions, one where nobody wants to look at the guilty guy and one where everybody wants to look at a guy who's innocent. You know, it's this you get people get blinders on in these situations. Speaking of blinders, I'll get around to it eventually. Um, there, there have been some major hits for the, the Trump campaign in terms of oh, their da-boo. legal filings. Oh, da boo. And right on Christmas Eve. Oh. Then, and in Wisconsin. So, um, uh, the, they, a three judge panel, um, of the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals in Chicago, by the way. Seventh Circuit covers the Wisconsin and Illinois and, you know, a big chunk of 
all that probably up, I think even up into Minnesota, um, their district as far as what they cover. Seventh Circuit is in Chicago. Three-judge panel unanimously dismissed arguments. By the way, a couple of them are Trump appointees. Um, That's my favorite. That is my just yes. my absolute favorite. Oh, I love this- chocolate. And I love Trump appointed conservative judges dismissing his cases, throwing out his cases. uh, Yeah. On Christmas Eve, Um, they unanimously dismissed arguments from Trump's attorneys that the Wisconsin Election Commission is has violated the U.S. Constitution through steps prompted by the coronavirus pandemic, including easing photo identification requirements and allowing use of drop boxes to collect absentee ballots, which, by the way, are the same thing. They in in the case, in the way Politico is writing this, it seems as if these are two elements. What they uh, the initial rule in Wisconsin as far as absentee voting is that even I don't know if you know this, Johnny, but if you want to vote hmm. uh, in uh, early in Wisconsin, it is technically according to Wisconsin law, you are even if you walk into the circuit court judges chambers to vote and they have set up Mm -hmm. a situation where you in person are voting right there in front of a magistrate it's still called absentee voting in wisconsin law because the idea is you are absent on voting day you will you will be absent on voting day therefore you vote in person at another time but you're still absent on voting day it's like a little you know it's it's one of those like serfdom and fiefdom kind of legal you know, and it, sort of remnants of the 1800s, it almost seems, you know. Well, I won't be out there on the right day. So I'm I I'm technically not here on the wrong day. And um, so easing the photo identification things and using the ballot drop off boxes is kind of the overlap in that is that you are technically the rules on absentee voting is that you must, uh, you know, request one specifically, which is the the lack of understanding in of Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell and all them about the Wisconsin law is extraordinary because they your mic's off they because you muted yourself on on I did because I was <laughs> typing and didn't want to I appreciate that I love it no okay let's take a break and then when we come back I want to explain not only that uh, Trump's team is wrong but they're dumb wrong. On, in such a fun way. And they've spent so much, they've spent more time trying to erase things that have happened in Wisconsin than uh, I'm going to go with uh, most Nutria grads. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there with us That's and what happened? Good. All right, we'll be back right after this. It's the Housebox Radio program, Mega Worldwide. Cool. Picture your face in the mirror. You see all those wrinkles around your eyes? How about crow's feet or large under-eye bags? Well, imagine they're gone. And I'm not talking about some risky, expensive surgery. Just gone in minutes. It's called Plexiderm, a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under-eye bags in minutes. It's, it's the edge you're looking for. Simply put, you'll be blown away by the results. Plexiderm can give you the confidence you'll need to be yourself out at work or with friends. The best part is Plexiderm goes on clear so nobody knows you're using it, unless, of course, you tell them, which is sort of bragging. Go to triplexiderm.com and use my code SEXYLIBERAL for 50% off plus an additional $10 off. That's right, 50% off plus an extra $10 off. This offer is also available by calling one 800 685 
1292 and mentioning code SEXYLIBERAL. Plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit triplexiderm.com today and use the code SEXYLIBERAL at checkout. That's triplexiderm.com. Now let's get back to Hal Sparks' radio program, Mega Worldwide. All right, so, so, so just how, I mean, it's okay to be wrong. Everybody's wrong sometimes. I've been, been wrong, I've been wrong twice in my life. I mean, they were very minor, and, you know, most people would shrug them off. You know, one during a Trivial Pursuit game, and the other mm. one was a, a lyric screw-up I did as a kid. And it's, uh, you know, completely forgivable for, you know, excusing Jimi Hendrix while he kisses this guy. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but everything else, pretty much right on. But even if I were ever wrong again, just hypothetically, um, randomly, if it just, you know, <laughs> happens, um, there's nothing wrong with that. There really isn't. But if you're, like, Inspector Clouseau arrogant wrong, that's where it gets into the realm of funny. That's where it gets into the realm of, like, painful for your friends and hysterical for your opponents. Yeah. And, the, you know, the, the three-panel judge unanimously ruling against Trump, from a legal standpoint, is not surprising at all. Their argument is garbage. It's it's childish and it's based on a on a premise that Rudy Giuliani Rudy Giuliani himself has repeatedly brought up in uh in court filings and on his ridiculous YouTube show and every well, time he's he was repeatedly brought it up it must be true. Oh. Uh, and his uh, argument is this um section of the constitution um that they use as and I'll and I'll bring it up so I can quote it directly. Um, I'll have to look it up, but it's um, it, it has to do with the fact that state legislations, uh, um, state legislators pick the electors for their state, and that in Rudy Giuliani's estimation, they are violating the Constitution because somewhere around the late 1800s, most most states modernized that a little bit. And went, oh, if we keep sending our buddies, sometimes they try to swap the vote, you know. So if you just let the state legislator who, like one guy, send a guy who he winks and nods with, he could say, oh, yeah, my whole town wants that, my whole region wants to to vote for this guy, not that guy. So they were like, you know what, let's set up a nonpartisan body or let the secretary of state do it. And it's really just... It's like being a Kentucky colonel. You're not actually getting called to battle. It's not a real you know, military uh, a title. But, you know, it's adorable. And hey, say, thanks for being an elector. And here's your plaque and congratulations, you know. And that's what it's been for a long time. Because it's not going to change. It's not going... You know, the, the goal is to carry the will of the people to Washington. The elector is not the only person in America who elects the president. They are carrying a representative vote. We have a representative government. And so they, the Republicans have a real hard problem with that anyways. I mean, that's where the root of the party comes from, a republic. They believe that we are the part... They are the party of the electoral college. That's the, that that land matters more than individuals in terms of voting power. And so they've always been this is not a surprise push, but they've been pushing this for a long time. But the problem that they have is, is that in the wording of the Constitution, the the state legislators um, must choose the electors 
um, and the manner to which they will be chosen. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. But basically what it does is it says the state legislators can pick the electors for their state. But they can do that however they want. They can establish a commission to do it. They can hand the power off by uh, signing a bill and sending it up to the governor and saying, you know what, we don't, want, we don't need to come back between an election and Christmas just to do this because it's already done. We'd rather go home and get ready for our next term if we're staying in or go home and find another job because we didn't win ourselves in the election. So mm-hmm. can you just pick some people to go do this? Because why are we, why do we have to do the trip? It's not that great. It's, there's not a lot of pomp and circumstance. There's hundreds of these people. It's just a glad handing exercise. Please go away. And so they, you know, they, they either have an election commission in the state, do it, or the secretary of state does it, or the parties can do it just randomly from a lottery to pick people. It, they could throw them against a dartboard. They could, they could put people's names on truffles and have pigs find them <laughs> to draw back to what we were talking about. Um, it doesn't matter. They can choose the manner to which they are chosen. They don't just have to choose them themselves. They don't have to individually. The law does not say they must individually pick the person themselves. You can do it however they want. And the law gives them that flexibility. The entirety of the legal arguments that Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell and, and Ellen Wood and the RNC and Jenna Ellis are putting forward in Wisconsin and in, and in Pennsylvania and, and in Georgia in an attempt to get New electors who will conscientiously object, you know, um, against the the will of the people and vote for Donald Trump and give him enough electoral votes by spreading it out over enough states. You get enough of the, if they can get all the Republican state senators to break with their state and pick an elector that will go and and, you know, pray, you know, fealty to. Uh, Donald John Trump and make him if they can find 46 of those people, you know, that that's what their goal is a spread amongst a bunch of states, not just the swing states, but mainly the swing states, the bigger states that have, you know, that have an obvious turn. They're not going to go and try to knock on those doors, but they think they can get, you know, in these states where they can scare people, they can get them to, you know, like oh, you get a lot of you know, in Michigan, there's a lot of crazy nuts with guns. I'm just saying, you know, and so that's the argument they're making is that these state senators not only can choose to call back their electoral vote, but must. And that the Constitution says so. Well, the Constitution doesn't say so in, in a single line. And every time they've read it out loud, you can see them blink in these state senator gatherings or even on Rudy's show where he just, you know, when he gets to the part where in the, you know, the manner to which they are chosen. And you're like, well, I mean, honestly, it could be a dartboard if they want to do it. The state it's up to the states. That's what the states have a certain number of electors. The state legislature can choose whatever method they want. And if it means giving the governor the power to do that. Even if they don't intend to, this is the this is the part they don't also seem to understand. If in a public emergency we have to carry out an election, like if the Ruskies attack in 1986, and they still have to carry out an election of some sort, the governor can put in place certain emergency protocols to protect the people so that they can still carry out their vote. There are dozens of laws like that on the books in every state. Due to the myriad of times America has either been under the threat of attack or actually attacked or 
um, you know, from 9-11 to the Cold War, there are a lot of laws that allow in a, in a public emergency where lives are in danger, the governor, the secretary of state, the election commission that to take certain precautions to carry out the vote to make sure it's easier for other people. There's uh, every there's a and and. We know how many times there are redundant laws on the books in most states because they instead of updating the old law and bothering to do it, they just just have a new law. And that law will patch the it'll spackle the holes in the old law and supersede it. And there's a line in the new law that says all uh, all law elements covered in the previous bill do herefore continue therefore for forthwith and forevermore including as such section 243 referencing said bill blah blah and th- i mean it's why the the budget itself when you get it it's maybe it's 5000 pages but it's actually it references in all of its addendums tens of thousands of pages because it has to reference tax law it has to reference laws on 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 the fairer rules and on whether a company can be a, you know an american company or or a subsidiary of an american company to make military weapons and that kind of stuff it's stacks upon stacks upon stacks and so even if rudy believed in his f- feeble sweaty mind that they could pull back the power, that the state legislatures could just lurch back the power. If they did it, they would have to do it legally. They would have to pass, they would all have to come together and they would have to pass a law by that state's constitution's rules that rescind all the previous laws that allow for emergencies that happen during an election. So the election continues and post 9-11 rules and post Pearl Harbor rules and post you know, mid Cold War, you know, uh, you know, nuclear test rules. Um, if a, if an election happens while everyone is under their desk waiting to be blown to smithereens, what are the, what can the governor do? There's tons of laws and rules about that stuff. And so, to if they wanted to pull the law back, like Rudy says they should be able to do, they can. They could get together, the entire state legislature, and pass a law. Go through committee, create a law that allows them at any time in the future, if this were to happen, to lurch back the power individually. None of those laws will pass because the only reason to do it is to scuttle the election if you if if you believe that you your guy should have won and he lost. So nobody's going to like there's no state legislature and no state legislator is going to move up the chain and become lieutenant governor, governor go on to become a House representative or any of that stuff, if they were the person who were getting together, they they co-sponsored a law that allowed them to override the will of the people of the state using the Electoral College. Like, it's just an untenable bunch of garbage. Yeah. So three-person judge, uh, th- uh, appeals court judges ruled against Trump on Thursday um, on Christmas Eve, rude. They were all Republican appointees, all conservatives. And the one who wrote the author of the court's opinion was Judge Michael Scudder. Scooter? Scudder. I'm going to go with Scudder. Was appo- and he was appointed by Trump. Uh, Scudder said the election changes that were made around um, using drop boxes and the rules about Wisconsin's uh, absentee ballots were not major enough to affect the ballot, the the. the election in any way and and if anything change you know narrowing them would simply deny a lot of 
decent people in Wisconsin the right to vote. And the chances of someone wanting to do 20 years just so they could vote illegally in Wisconsin is pretty darn narrow, um, especially without any evidence, which they don't have. The president, and this is the fun part, and this is, I think, indicative of the president as a whole, as a a, a H-O-L-E, no, as a, his entire, the entirety of his, his style as a leader, if you could call it that, and I wouldn't. Um, This is from Scudder's um, opinion. The president had a full opportunity before the election to press the very challenges to Wisconsin law underlying his present claims. Having foregone that opportunity, he cannot now, after the election results have been certified as final, seek to bring those challenges. All of this is especially so so given that the commission announced well in advance of the election the guidance he now challenges. The, the, he only hated these rules because he lost. Yep. That's, that's, that's what it. all of the dismissals say. You, you, you were wanting to take advantage of these rules until they didn't help you. That's the, that is the, the that's constant... That's Republican refer- way, man. Yep. That, you know, if, he thought that was going to benefit him or just didn't bother to do the work. That, I mean... That's those are the two primary uh, problems that Trump has. He's lazy and ineffective. And he hires the worst people like I know we've made lots of jokes about the best people. And he always said, I know the best people and I'm going to have the best people and the best people. No, literally the worst. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Sidney Powell. Because she was off the team, and now she's back on the team, and then she's at the White House, and now she's been banned from the White House. And I don't know it. My sister, my daughter, my sister, my daughter. It's Chinatown, Jake. We'll be back right after this. It's the House Park Radio Program, Mega Worldwide on WCPT Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk. Uh, still time to get um, looped live uh, Christmas gifts. I'm doing them all tomorrow. So uh, check out the link in the in the chat that uh, Can't Stop Lion put up, and I also will uh, retweet that later on today. A little one-on-one. Better than a cameo, because we can talk. It's cool. We'll be back. We all know that the Clean Phone Pro, with its powerful UV lights, kills bacteria and viruses that live on your cell phone, car and house keys, credit cards, earbuds, face masks, and more. But what happens when you're driving to the store, you reach for your face mask, and realize you wore it yesterday? (sighs) Now you can sanitize that mask in under five minutes in your car, because the Clean Phone Pro now ships with a powerful car plug adapter included in the package. So whether you're keeping safe at home or have to go out, you can have the benefits of the Clean Phone Pro with you and sanitize those constantly touched items anywhere, at home, in the car, or at the office. Get the Clean Phone Pro now with a car plug adapter. Add the code SEXYLIBERAL, all one word, at checkout, and you'll get free two-day shipping. Only you can defend yourself and your family from bacteria and virus. Get the new Clean Phone Pro package. Get KN95 masks and get free two-day shipping by adding the code SEXYLIBERAL. Go to the newdealshop.com. You're listening to House Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. So the... The term um, that they keep using, you know, to try and enforce these rules, and I looked it up while during the break, just so we could have it. This is uh, um, Article 2, 
Section 1, Clause 2 of the Constitution, um, and this is the part about electors, and it says, Each state shall appoint in such a manner as the legislature thereof may direct a number of electors equal to the whole number of senators and representatives to which the state may be entitled in the Congress. But no senator or representative or person holding an office or trust or profit under the United States shall be appointed as an elector. um, In such, this is the part that eats them alive. In such manner as the legislature thereof may direct, each state shall appoint in such manner as the legislature thereof may direct. The state legislature can, if they decide they want to have a frog race and to decide electors, they may direct that that's how it's done. Every single state has that right. And if the legislature at any point says, you know what, the election commission can do it. We're not interested. Or the, your mic's muted again. You're, you keep doing that to yourself because the title. States rights. States, states rights. rights. Right, exactly. The irony of them yelling states rights all the time until it's states rights that bite them in the butt. But again, yep. I repeat, each state shall appoint. In such manner as the legislature thereof may direct. Not uh, each state shall appoint as the, like the, that the legislature must direct a number of electors equal to the number. And by the way, the number, not the people themselves, are the matter of choice as well. Um, at, you know, in that regard, equal to the whole right. number of senators and representatives of which the state is entitled to the Congress. So, but no, you know, so a, a group of them that represent them. So they could have one elector that represents four of the senators if they decide we only want two actual electors representing our 11 electoral votes. We don't have to send everybody. We can send one person with all 11 electoral votes as long as they're directed to rep, to represent that greater group. And there's a lot of flexibility in this. But the biggest part of the flexibility is that that one part that's been dogging Rudy Giuliani and his masterful legal mind this entire time in such manner as the legislature thereof may direct in such ma- in any way they want they can do it however they want they do not have a responsibility to personally pick them there's no must in there there's a may It's so obvious, and it's so obvious that you can see it every time they read it out loud in their case. Whenever they bring it up, there's this hitch in their speaking where they go, "Um, this is the part where they're violating the Constitution. Each state shall appoint in such... May direct a number of electors. Like There's this part where they just can't not recognize that that's the root of the problem with their their primary argument. And largely because they've run out of arguments. There, there isn't one. That's, that's their issue as well. There's not enough fraud or evidence of fraud or even claims of evidence of fraud enough to turn over, legitimately turn over any county, much less an entire state. And the only way they hope to do it is by throwing out entire swaths of voters in only blue districts. Yeah, mostly black people. Like, mm-hmm. if you really nail it down, it's like even Trump was like, "It's not even five states; it's five cities." Oh, you mean the heavily black areas of the cities you have a problem, okay. or the states you have a problem with? It is so 
obvious. Um, yeah, Dry Wit Geek in the chat says, uh, you mean like part of the Second Amendment that says well-regulated militia? Yeah. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. So um, so w- we have heard the back and forths many times about Sidney Powell releasing the Kraken. And the Kraken, you know, there was this, there was a, there was a back and forth about the Kraken. The Kraken went back and forth. Um, because the argument on the, the right was they didn't quite get um, the they, – they didn't understand what the Kraken was. To um, uh, According to Sidney Powell, um, the Kraken was the big case that was going to hit all five swing states they were trying to reverse at once. So the Kraken was – We've got this cross, this RICO-like case of fraud across five swing states that we can prove because we've got um, experts and all this, you know, all these this witness testimony and thousands of affidavits um, and this stuff. And what we're, we're going to do instead of just file one lawsuit, we're going to file it this one lawsuit in five states at once. Showing that there's this the way a Kraken would, yeah, you know, yeah, Kraken style. Never mind, yeah, a mystical uh, tentacle creature would uh, right. file lawsuits. Yeah, you know, uh, wh- uh, while I guess murdering a woman tied to a stake at the edge of town, I think is you know on yeah, the I crest so. of a on the crest of the rocky crag, right? Yeah. So the Kraken itself was supposed to be this big five state lawsuit that they were going to like ba boom on everybody, right? And then, um, unfortunately for Sidney Powell and, and, and whoever picks her outfits and hairdos, the right-wing folks that support her started calling her the Kraken, which, mm-hmm. as, a, <laughs> which as a fan of uh, Clash of the Titans is not flattering. No. Just isn't. Um, but there is a... You know, there, there was a point where she was too nutty for the room and she was kicked out of the, you know, they in saner minds prevailed and Rudy Giuliani was put in charge. And he officially has come out m- twice now and said she has nothing to do with the team. She doesn't. She's a great person. She and Ellen Wood are great people, but they don't speak for the president. And, they, you know, now, could they be just like rogue factions, you know? plausible deniability they're seal team 666 you know they like go out and make a mess and if you're caught we'll disavow you know mission improbable and um uh, you know and yes possibly they could be constantly talking like super PACs and campaigns you know we don't really talk we just kind of don't talk on purpose you know what i mean i didn't talk to them i left a note on the bar i meant to take with me they found it read it put it back they made a note of a phone number on the back of it. I didn't know what that number was. I called it like that kind of super PAC campaign stuff. So in this, um, pre- uh, the president, President Trump says he wants a lawyer to probe, quote, election theft. But the president's leading candidate, Sidney Powell, says she has been barred from the White House by the president's own chief of staff. While Powell and the president discussed the role last Friday in a contentious four-and-a-half-hour Oval Office meeting, which I can't wait for the play version of that transcript. 
that that book alone, I, I don't have much interest in buying a lot of Trump era books. But that one, whoever writes the book about that four hour meeting, whether it's Rudy's family or whomever, I I'm there for it. I want to do a one man show where I play all the characters with a box of wigs um, and I guess some shoe polish and sweat spray. Oh um we got to take a break. We'll be back right after this. It's the House Park Radio Program, Mega Worldwide on WCPD Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk. Um, the Powell is now trying to sneak. She, there's pictures of her getting into the White House, and Mark Meadows is basically running interference, like some sort of legal game of Red Rover. And I'm here for it. This is a joy to watch, and I want everyone to just take a deep breath and and just soak it all in because it's glorious. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. It's now time for the happy ending. Yay! So I, I'm, I'm having a hard time finding the best stuff in the judges' responses to the Sidney Powell, Giuliani things. You know what I mean? Like, there's, um, there's so much good stuff in there. And, I, and, you know, and the fact that it comes from Trump appointees and the fact that it comes from Republican appointees and the like is, is just icing on the actual cake. But the cake itself is so delicious, it almost doesn't need icing. Um, the, it, um, like Senior Assistant Attorney General uh, Russell Willard said the following in a presentation um, from a Florida-based lawyer retained by the GOP. I understand she's from Florida and she has a little, unf- uh, and she has a little unfamiliarity with the law. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. This um, the the ruling in, um, let's see, uh, on Fulton County, which is also one of their hinge points in Georgia. They're like, oh, Fulton County, if only Fulton County. Um, At the end of a 90 minute hearing held by Zoom, Fulton County Supervisor uh, Court Judge Kimberly Esmond Adams dismissed the suit brought earlier this month by the Republican National Committee and the Georgia GOP. This court does not have jurisdiction to hear it because of sovereign immunity, referring to a legal principle limiting many lawsuits against the state and federal governments to cases where they've been specifically authorized by legislation. So the, the, the state wrote a law saying we can choose our electors this way. And they, the RNC and the GOP, after the election, filed an, a, another in a series of, a, what, a dozen lawsuits in Georgia alone saying, we're suing on the grounds that the Georgia legislature did not pick the electors and must pick the electors so the Dems can pick Dems and the Republicans can pick Republicans and the Republicans on there can can agree that they disagree with the turnout of the election and therefore vote for Donald Trump and therefore give him six of these. And then we do this in a bunch of other states and we can turn the election. That's what they're trying. That's why they need That's why they need all of them, by the way. That's why they're also failing on all fronts, because even if they got all the states and all the legislators, the Republicans on each of these state legislatures to throw democracy in the garbage flush it down the toilet, they'd still not have enough electors to beat Biden's win. Poor things. It's not, it's, it, it's, it's a bigger waste of time than them chasing the number of actual voter fraud cases that they have, because largely they have four. There are four actual lawsuits filed based on individual voter fraud in all of these cases, the two guys I mentioned in Pennsylvania who believe that they were 
denied their vote because other people were granted a right that they were not granted, that they should have been granted. But since they didn't get that right, no one else should get that right because, like, the madness of follow that law. Follow since my case, since I was robbed and nobody found the person that robbed me, I don't want them to go look into any other robberies. I mean, the the legal slippery slope there is just inane. It's amazingly dumb. And then the other two, of course, voter fraud cases are two voters who voted for Donald Trump on behalf of their dead relatives who they're sure would have voted for Trump had they only survived. Mm. And they voted in good faith for their dead grandma and dead grandpa who are going to go to jail. Not the dead people, the other ones. Uh, it's me and my grandma's urn in jail. Yeah. So these two, these two fraudulent Trump voters are going to go to jail. And then these other two guys, their lawsuit's just going to get thrown out. These are the only four. Those are the only standing cases that actually went through. They were ruled on. Two people going to jail. Two people going, no, you can't deny other people rights that you were denied. You have, because your lawsuit isn't with them. Your lawsuit should be against the county clerk who... That's right, Kat. Tell him <laughs> the lawsuit. There's so much to say about all of this. No doubt. Um, I, Nat, um, the there, they should have sued the county clerk in their red district, who was throwing out mail-in ballots willy-nilly. But they can't. You know why they can't, Johnny Million? Do you know why Mm-mm. they can't do that? Because in the lawsuit. They would have to review that the, you know, because of equality under the law, all of the ballots thrown out by this county assessor and, you know, the clerk or whoever was in charge in their county who threw theirs out because their signatures weren't an exact match because they would go through and they would have to cure all those ballots to match the other people who did have their rights enfranchised. They can't disenfranchise there. They got to enfranchise the rights of the people that were denied initially. In a re, you know, in a post-election within two years recount of those assessments, you can add votes, not take votes away. So, you know, if you counted a vote, it counts. But if you didn't count a vote, somebody goes, "Hey, my vote wasn't counted." You can add those because they were denied a right. And what's going to happen is you're going to go in all these red counties in Pennsylvania, and you're going to find out that Biden won by seven hundred thousand votes. Mm-hmm. And the same thing happened in Wisconsin. And Wisconsin was only narrow because all these red counties were just throwing out mail-in ballots. Just, you could, you didn't, you need the privacy envelope. You could tell. The Republicans voted in person. The Democrats were voting by mail. By, by a statistical average in those areas that was measurable, you could tell. If you threw out all the mail-in ballots, you would scuttle the Biden vote flat out by a lot. That was basically all the Democrats. It was one of the few situations where you could exclude a candidate simply through the type of vote that you saw coming in. You didn't need a privacy envelope. And that's what they were counting on. So all these red counties in Wisconsin, um, in in an effort to combat against the amount of votes coming in against Trump in their own districts. They wouldn't necessarily be pro-Biden in a big way, but they were voting for Biden because he's a decent dude, a solid candidate, and they can't stand Donald Trump and he's got to go. And they would probably split their vote, by the way. It probably would have benefited the down-ticket Republicans in that state. They would have done better. Their margin would have been higher. Yeah. 
They should have allowed every all the legal votes. Imagine yep. that. That's right. So um, I think we have we have just a couple minutes left. I think we have other calls. Let me grab one last call, if I dare, before we go into the uh, <laughs> like into the great beyond. And I want to thank everybody. Fire. in Yeah. Who do we have? Steve from the Gold Coast. Steve yeah. from the Gold Coast, the man who can uh, definitely uh, fill three minutes uh, in a pinch. Steve, how are you? Merry Christmas. Well, let's hope. Let's hope. Uh, so just a couple of yes. points. When asked point blank, uh, you know, Giuliani actually told the nation, you know, when the judge asked him, are you alleging voter fraud? No, we're not. Well, wait nope. a minute. You know, you know, everybody's scratching their head because the narrative that is offered up on right wing media is different than what you can actually say in front of a judge where there are sanctions, which is which explains why, you know, there's serious consideration to this notion that people like Giuliani and others should face some sort of sanctions as being officers of the court forwarding these sorts of cases. Uh, knowing full well, if you don't have a good faith belief in, in what you're doing and that, that, that it's a legitimate case and that you know, you're not trying to defraud the court, then you are abusing the process. And there are sanctions that, that come with that. And that's why they're, they're, those are being discussed. And also, you know, uh, this, this whole question about, well, should Texas be allowed to, to demand that Pennsylvania behave in X, Y, Z fashion when it comes right. to conducting the election? You know, let's, let's not give the, the high court too much credit. They mean full well that if they actually took that case and opened up that door, that means going forward, California can go ahead and challenge ID laws in Mississippi and Texas oh, yeah. where they want. So, you know, do you want the, the conservatives know full well, especially justices, they don't want to open that door. So don't give, you know, the, no. the court too much credit that they want that they're, they're servants of democracy. They know full well yep. what's going to happen if we open that door. Yeah, well, you know, the the it's one of the reasons why everybody yells about, like, ending the filibuster and other kinds of things is everybody knows that they're going to be on the receiving end at some point. And in, and in this particular case, they they absolutely know the volume of human beings is is in these you know industrial centers now that could change over time and steve uh merry christmas by the way we're at the end of the show and i appreciate you calling on this that that could all change um as you know as people deindustrialize because they can live in you know in missouri in the middle of nowhere literally and still have their internet business that you know but you need nationwide broadband for that you need the the middle of America to have the same internet that the coast has. Trump didn't run on that. Biden did. So even that, and we end the show with a new patron. That's just, what a lovely way Aww, to do it. Oh, it's so nice. What a good Christmas gift. Thanks so much. We're uh, trying to hit that. Love you, Johnny Million. Love uh, everybody at CPT. Merry Christmas to everybody, and especially Lady B and all your new kittens. We're very excited for them. We That's can't wait to see pictures. It's a boo. Um, and we will see you guys next week. Uh, the new year's coming, and it's going to be glorious. Take care. We'll see you next time. Picture your face in the mirror. You see all those wrinkles around your eyes? How about crow's feet or large under-eye bags? Well, imagine... They're gone. And I'm not talking about some risky, expensive surgery. Just gone in minutes. It's called Plexiderm, a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under-eye bags in minute. It's, it's the edge you're looking for. Simply put, you'll be blown away by the results. 
Plexiderm can give you the confidence you'll need to be yourself out at work or with friends. The best part is Plexiderm goes on clear so nobody knows you're using it, unless of course you tell them, which is sort of bragging. Go to triplexiderm.com and use my code SEXYLIBERAL for 50% off plus an additional $10 off. That's right, 50% off plus an extra $10 off. This offer is also available by calling 1-800-685-1292 and mentioning code SEXYLIBERAL. Plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit triplexiderm.com today and use the code sexyliberal at checkout. That's triplexiderm.com.